0: Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis. Today, we're going to take a look at James Arthur's tour. And um, it's a small one. There's only two trucks and three tour buses, so not much. And by the time I got in, everything was already set up. Even the mojo and the seating was in place. So they got done very, very quickly. So what do they have? Well... You've got the line arrays, uh, stage left and stage right And you have the uh, smaller line arrays Sat back and 45 degrees outwards uh, either side of the stage to give the surround sound effect They have six bass bins in front of the stage They have either side of the stage Three booms, one up stage, down stage and centre stage And these booms have got LED uh, units on there so, I want to say you get LED units, they're strip units, so they're just loads of uh, little LED dots where they can make chasers, they can make washers and flood the stage from the side, either side. They've got a handful of uh, moving lights on the floor at the back of the stage. They have two risers mid-stage, all, uh, both with LED uh, fascias and they have... LED ropes going around the whole uh, of the stage. So, and when I want to say the whole of the stage, lining every edge of the stage. You've got these uh, LED uh, ropes, which are probably uh, not actually ropes, but they are just long, custom-made LED buttons, which has got the LED rope lights within these buttons. So, a nice, simple stage setup. Lighting-wise, on top, they have one front of the house bar which is actually their LX1 because it's above the stage and not in the audience which is giving a nice little bit of face light and a few extra colours on a front wash they have one LX bar above the backdrop which is facing towards the audience so they've got a nice little bit of backlight and they have some mole phases on LX1 pointing into the audience and then on their upstage lighting bar they have one bank of LED uh, strobes which can also act as floods and can also be uh, pixel mapped and uh, you can program chasers in we'll be back after this so not only does Master X Media have a series of podcasts but we also have a series of books the first book is actually two books it's volume one and volume two of a tribute to working at sea the best fiction is based on truth this is a compilation of short stories rants and poems loosely based on the author's experience at working on a cruise ship some of these stories are based on actual events but highly exaggerated whilst other stories are pure fiction the title of the book a tribute to is fitting with the tone of the book because like a tribute act It is a blatant altered reality where you can enjoy it knowing it's not quite the truth. There are things of alcoholism which used to be highly prevalent within workers in the cruise industry as well as stories with a sexual nature. So sit down, relax and enjoy the ride of A Tribute to Working at Sea Volumes 1 and 2. All of these books are available on Amazon and are available in paperback and on Kindle. And the links for all these books are in the description below. And we're back, so let's take a look at James Arthur's um, bio and uh, short history. So, James Arthur was born 2nd of March 1988 and is an English singer and songwriter. He rose to fame after winning the 9th series of The X Factor in 2012. His debut single, a cover of Chantal's Impossible, was released by Psycho Music after the final, it at number one on the UK singles chart. Since then he has gone on to sell over 2.5 million copies worldwide and Impossible was the most successful winner single in the show's history. The follow-up single, You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You, reached number two on the UK single chart. He released his self-titled debut studio album in November 2013. The album debuted and peaked at number two on UK album chart. After the release of his debut studio album, James Arthur, He was involved in a series of controversies which led iTunes to offer refunds for the album. Arthur parted ways with Simon Cowell's record label Psycho in 2014. In 2015 he signed a new deal with Columbia Records to release his second studio album Back From The Edge in 2016. He also also re-signed to Psycho in 2016. The album's lead single titled Say You Won't Let Go and released in September in 2016 saw a great success peaking at number one on the UK single chart and selling close to 2.7 million copies as of February 2021. Back From The Edge was released on the 28th of October in 2016 and debuted at number one on UK Albums Chart. On the 18th of October 2019, after releasing numerous singles th- throughout the prior two years, James Arthur released his third studio album, You. This album debuted and peaked at number two in the UK Albums Chart. In February 2021, Arthur signed with Columbia Records UK and Columbia Records after Psycho had ceased operations. Sound check starting but it's not the actual sound check it's the line check but anyways let's carry on james arthur started writing and recording songs when he was 15 as an unsigned artist both solo and in and in many bands including mean Light drive a cleveland-based progressive experimental rock five-piece band with arthur on lead vocals the band was active between 2005 and 2008 it had recordings such as Said You'd Be There, Holding My Heart, and Tear Me Apart. He was also in the Drama, an alternative rock band based in Marksy by the Sea, and active between 2005 and 2008. Recordings included On the Radio 98KUPD, It's Killing Me, I'd Reach You, and It Hurts. He was then in Save Arcade. A Middlesbrough alternative rock band made up of Arthur on the vocals, Josh Brown on keyboards, Matthew Green on guitar, Alex Beer on bass and vocals, and Travis Shaw on guitar, percussion and vocals and Carl Dawson on the drums. In 2009 the band released a three track EP called Truth carrying the title track The Truth as well as Echoes and I Unproudly Present in june 2010 the band released a five track ep tonight we dine in hades which in addition to the title track tonight we Die in hades included superhero you always want to fight juliet is not dead and she aims to please Both releases were on the independent label 57 Records UK. And finally he was in Emerald Sky which was a four-piece indie pop band and formed in March 2011 based in Redcar on Saltburn by the Sea and made up of Arthur on guitar, Dean Harrison on piano and violin, Paul Gill on the bass and, and Save Arcade bandmate Green on the drums. In 2011, James Arthur uploaded many of his own songs to SoundCloud and YouTube, as well as an album entitled Since By the Sea. The independent album included 16 tracks. In November 2013, Arthur generated much controversy after the use of homophobic lyrics in his song, Mickey Worthless. A Quad and Battle rapper had issued Stay in Your Lane. The track mocking Arthur because Worthless didn't feel it was right that Arthur was presenting himself as a battle rapper on national radio. Arthur responded to Worthless with his with his diss track "Hey Mickey," issuing strings of slurs directed at Worthless rapping, hilarious, precarious, you taliban confused imbecile mimic of a gimmick, adding the slur, "You f***ing." Qu- this sparked outrage amongst the LGBT community and led to Twitter spats with comedians Frankie Boyle and Matt Lucas and, and singer Lucy Spraggan. Arthur immediately apologised for his comments and claimed that it was not homophobic. Following this, he announced that he would not be yet posting on Twitter anymore, with his management taking up control of his page. The backlash continued, however, with a Facebook campaign to see upcoming appearance on The X Factor to be cancelled iTunes offered refunds for his album due to complaints from customers. After Arthur switched on the Christmas lights at Manchester on the 8th of November in 2013, Manchester City Council said that he would have been replaced if the controversy had happened earlier. On the 22nd of November 2013, Arthur's management announced that the singer would be cancelling all public engagements for the next seven days due to exhaustion. Singer Oli Merz came to Arthur's defence, but said later that he was not defending the choice of lyrics. Further controversies arose after the reviews to his projected rap mixtape All The World's A Stage, particularly regarding the track Follow The Leader, where he rapped I'm gonna blow up your family like I'm a terrorist. This led to further accusations of Arthur glorifying violence. This infuriated Simon Cowell who said I think James unfortunately has had so many issues with that, with what he has done publicly, which is a real issue with me. Somebody should have told him to shut up and just put the records out. On the 5th of April 2014, several media outlets began to report Arthur had been dropped by Psycho following the dispute over Follow the Leader. He took to Twitter to deny the claims. However, on the 11th of June 2014, Arthur announced via Twitter that he and Psycho had parted ways by mutual agreement. Arthur independently released his mixtape, All The Worlds a Stage, on the 16th of May 2014. During the summer of 2014, Arthur stated that he was working on his second studio album and was close to signing a new record deal. He performed at V Festival on August 2014. On the 19th of October 2014, Arthur released a collaboration with British record producer Ramers entitled Kryptonite. The song entered the iTunes top 150 on pre-orders alone. On the 22nd of April 2015, Arthur unveiled a demo track titled Promise on YouTube. He embarked on the Story So Far tour in May 2015, On the 6th of September 2015, he announced that he had signed with Columbia Records and that a new album was on the way. So there's an interesting amount of um, controversies there. But, you know, people will be people. That's the human aspect of things, people get things wrong and make mistakes. Anyways, let's have a look at his discography, and that's James Arthur on 2013, back from the age 2016, you 2019 and it all makes sense in the end in 2021 so that's a bit of uh, history for James Arthur we'll be back after this if you're a singer, a musician, a cabaret artist, dancer, actor and you want to promote your show or promote yourself and you want to have a conversation you could do this by coming on our show the email address to contact me is masterxmedia1983 at gmail.com and come on our show and we're back so we're going to take a look at james Arthur's supporting artist Sonia stein and i haven't been able to find much about her so let's see what uh, they're saying on tile yard music described as having a voice that will leave you hypnotized and that was quoted from wonderland magazine sonja singles do you love me One of those things, Muse, and Change Shapes have now amassed over 3 million views on YouTube and over half a million on Spotify streams. Her latest offering, Lover, was produced by Liam Howell, FKA Twigs, Adele jessie ware and perfectly demonstrates her vocal range and talent as a performer having enchanted at the great escape in 2018 alongside support slots with the likes of bestie alice merton alice jemima don't miss your chance to catch Sonia live this coming february and now i've gone on to marathon artists and uh, we're going to take a look at what they're saying about her so a love of classic songwriters such as leonard cohen and Joni mitchell is evidently at the core of Sonya stein's sound accompanied by nothing but a piano Sonya has been crafting melodic pop hooks since she was 15 years old a sound she has recently brought to fruition working with popular liam howell lana dalray ellie golding fka twigs in london the result showcases Sonia's exquisite balladry and delicious pop with a voice that will leave you hypnotised. Yet again the quote from Wonderland magazine. And surprisingly enough, I've had a, I found some more info on uh, Sonia Stein on Pizza Express Live. So, Sonia Stein was born in Berlin, but her crisscrossing of the globe started early as she went on to spend 13 years in Poland before moving to Boston Berkeley College of Music. Before leaving with a, cha- with a chance meeting with a producer, it was here her musical education really began as studying music was eclipsed by actually making music. So a little bit of sketchy info on Sonia Stein but I'm sure as time goes on there will be more to come. We'll be back after this. A tribute to men that hate their jobs is a brutal but witty portrayal of working a job you hate. In this podcast, there are themes explored in which happy workers simply wouldn't understand unless they listen to these cautionary tales from a man that lost his ideal job because of the global pandemic. Be warned that this podcast contains strong, offensive language that some listeners may not want to hear. In addition, this podcast is definitely not recommended for younger audiences. The links for this is in the description below. And we're back, so, Sonia Stein, she walked on with just a drummer and a guitarist, so as, a, as from early on, we did, I just didn't know much about her, I couldn't find anything, so seeing her act, which was her and her drummer and a guitarist, walk on, not even the third musician, just the two, uh, just the two of them that was pretty interesting to me especially since it's not often that you get a very small group like that but anyways so they started playing and it turns out that most of the song was on track it was mainly a click track but it was on track so I was thinking how, how would they do it? was it done on a effects pedal or um, is someone hitting play off stage for them to play the drums and the guitar and sing to uh, on top of the track but now it turns out that where they had some bright upright LEDs they when they're on they're hiding a synthesizer and a laptop so as soon as the uh, trigger keys hit then it will uh, start playing the tracks it'll start playing the click track so they can hear it in their in-ear monitors clicking and they'll play in time to the rest of the track so it's a nice little trade-off it works and a lot of uh, gyros and trios use the same technology a laptop plugged into the keyboard and the uh, keyboard will play it by the synthesizer will play it and uh, the computer fills the rest in sometimes you play the keyboard uh, or other times you just have to fire the uh, you just press the fire key so it depends on how it's programmed and what, you've, what you're have what you doing with your performance. Now lighting wise the set was just ambient so they used some of the LEDs, not the main ones that surrounded the outside of the stage but they'd used a bit of side LED and some of the back washers and that's it, it was all static, they did change a bit of colour here or there and they also had a uh, secondary button on a uh, on a uh, flash key so once this flash key was hit the lights would temporarily change colour so as long as the uh, button was fu- uh, pushed down on the lighting desk it will change colour as soon as you release it will return to its initial state nice easy way to program things up and, ch- and change things uh, within the set so a nice little uh, quick fire busk move a lot of old school shows would do that, these days it's all time-coded and programmed intricately but the lighting operator has uh, a lot of experience of light jockeying which light jockeying is in a sense that you're just improvising with your flash keys and pre-programmed sequences and those go on top of your base cues, I used to do that a lot when I worked at Sea. Anyways, I digress and they had a little bit of front light from the uh, front house bar so nothing nothing intricate but it was simple but effective just the way how it should be uh, for a small show vocally Sonia Stein she can sing and yeah she did sing very well and how can I describe her style she had that kind of Alanis Morissette feel to her so she'll go from quiet to loud back to quiet again it works but it got a bit samey throughout the whole of her set throughout the throughout all of her 30 minute set it was very very samey the tracks yeah I'm sorry they were a bit samey and uh, you could close your eyes and just chop out all the gaps in between the songs with a bit of patter and they would sound very very similar sound wise it was a good mix I have to say um, it was very... it was a perf- it did have a professional sound but clarity wise it, it definitely wasn't a 22 uh, carat mix unfortunately it wasn't it was good though it was possible as being a professional mix but but it's just you know way where, where i got i suppose it's where i've been spoiled recently by having some pretty high caliber sound engineers where with, with your absolute clarity yeah uh, within the mix and when you go from 22 karat for what three or four shows on the bounce and then you get something that's not of the same standard although it was high standard it was a high standard you do get a little bit let down but that's nothing to do with the sound engineer because he was good at his job it was a good mix and to be fair a lot of people wouldn't notice that especially if you're in the audience and also when you're mixing two instruments A click track and vocals on top I suppose it could get a little bit on the flat and a mix really just all mushy mushy sound I'd call that it's down to the quality of the mix as well on the click track as well as the instruments themselves so sound is subjective and I keep saying this sound is a very subjective thing what is pleasing to my ears may not be pleasing to your ears or vice versa and so on and so forth but it could be down to the fact that the uh, track the click track wasn't on a multi track so when it was fed back to the uh, sound desk that channel would be just the whole of the rest of the song on one channel whereas other click tracks breaks it down individually and you've got control over every aspect of that track and you can mix it depending on how the sound in the building is but that's a more complicated thing and i can't guarantee how it was set out on the desk i didn't program the desk and nor did i see the actual sound desk now the ultimate question is how did the audience React to Sonya Stern Well, it's an interesting one actually By the time her set was finished the audience was 85% full and she did get a few cheers in between that songs but At the end of her set she didn't get that great an applause or some cheers etc. the way that she would want to and it did fall a bit flat but there are certain reasons for this I would suppose it was a rugby day getting into town would have been hard work especially coming here after a hard day's graft as well also a lot of the uh, crowd had to stand in the rain and it rained and rained and rained real hard as they're queuing up to come in and then also I suppose on top of those factors as well maybe they didn't like Sonia Sterns as much as uh, she hoped maybe she worked in other venues on the tour but her support just did fall flat on deaf ears I have to say not that there's anything wrong with her vocal performance because there was nothing wrong with her vocal performance same with her band there's nothing wrong with her band and as I said earlier on the click track um, was good, but to me, it just wasn't clear. But that, that wouldn't affect the overall performance of the uh, of the support act, and that's just unfortunate. Really, we'll be back after this. Thirty years since is a sci-fi story podcast, which is full of dramatical moments and a bit of gratuitous violence. The first series was originally done in first-person so the characters just telling a monologue and then the second series and onwards became more third-person so it was more of an in-depth story and uh, you have all the characters actually interacting with each other great set of sci-fi stories so 30 years after an alien invasion which uh, the humans lost and the first story arc is now over though we've got plenty more story arcs left to tell from the land of 30 years since so why not check it out the links are in the description below now the ultimate question is how did the audience react ...to Sonya Stern. Well, it's an interesting one, actually. By the time her set was finished, the audience was 85% full. And she did get a few cheers in between songs, but... ...at the end of her set, she didn't get that great an applause or some cheers, etc. The way that she would want to. And it did fall a bit flat. But there are certain reasons for this, I would suppose. It was a Rugby day, getting into town would have been hard work Especially coming here after a hard day's graft as well Also a lot of the uh, crowd had to stand in the rain And it rained and rained and rained real hard as they're queuing up to come in And then also I suppose on top of those factors as well Maybe they didn't like Sonya Stern's as much as uh, she hoped. Maybe she worked in other venues on the tour, but her support just did fall flat on deaf ears, I have to say. Not that there's anything wrong with her vocal performance, because there was nothing wrong with her vocal performance. Same with her band. There's nothing wrong with her band. And as I said earlier on, the click track, was good but to me it just wasn't clear but that wouldn't affect the overall performance of the uh, of the support act and that's just unfortunate really we'll be back after this the names vert Percival reginald vert and i run the pr vert detective agency the year is 2055 and the police have been defunded So if you need a police investigation, the police will charge you a 1,000 big ones a day. Because of this, the government introduced the PI Act, where the private investigators can undercut the police so justice can become affordable. These are my case files. Percival Vert is no hero. He is a low-life scumbag and the full embodiment of how not to be a man. He cheats his way into getting work, he objectifies women, and is quite a disgusting human being, if you can even call him that. Gumshoe is intended to poke fun at everyone that takes life too seriously and directly tower whips the modern-day Puritans in the balls because they've forgotten the fact that when something isn't funny in real life it's probably hilarious in the land of fiction. Come and listen to Gumshoe every Wednesday. The links are in the description below. And we're back. Just before James Arthur came out, the lights went down the stage stayed dark and they pumped out that haze i mean they fully pumped out that haze and in the audience there was a sea of mobile phone lights which was a bit distracting i have to say and that's and that's going to be the theme throughout the whole of this section of this podcast is me uh, complaining about different uh, (laughs) at different times about the mobile phone use from the audience because A to me it was disrespectful and B it was um, distracting as well I'll get into that later on so the smoke machines and hazers were pumping out the smoke there was a nice bassy rumble and then the lights started flashing and flashing red washing the stage from in reds and as the bass was uh, pumping, you could feel it. I mean, they rumbled that on the sub harmonic mode real hard. And James Arthur came out on 4000 miles, which is if you're unfamiliar with the song, that's what the song was called. And then as soon as he started to sing, the uh, stage changed from red and uh, went straight into Turquoise with all the uh, LED profile units. Scanning the stage in their brilliant LED white beams scanning the stage and uh, looking quite actually uh, pretty and when I say pretty it was pretty awesome actually Uh, it was a nice simple but highly effective uh, design I have to say although throughout the whole show the lights were pretty much the same and they just changed the, the colours of the lights and that was about it really yeah you had the odd uh, gobo breakup you had it was just wash after wash after wash either brilliant colors or it went into nice interesting uh, pastel kind of colored mix so pinks and purples or um, you had red washes and you had uh, purple washes and blue washes and between each song was the uh, talk state which was the standard blue. Now I say standard blue but sometimes you get talk states in red as well but the vast majority of people that do talk states in between songs they use blue. Nice little trade secret there. It's because it just keeps it all nice and dark and tidy and the spotlights just focus on the principle at the time that's why they tend to do just hiding everyone on the stage apart from the main principle that's illuminated by the follow spots or in this case the robo spots which I have to say they use—they were pretty accurate these robo spots so whoever whoever was operating them well done to those because operating two joysticks per light and targeting completely good you know <laughs> it's good it's good because you could be in a little cubby hole and no one... You know, or you could even be in a van out in the yard and connect up to the main rig via cables. So you could be anywhere with a uh, RoboSpot and it'll be highly effective, especially if you're a great target. And if you can operate a RoboSpot, then you'll be an awesome drone pilot. But I digress. <laughs> How did the show sound? Well, yet again, just like just like Sonya Stern, the sound mix was highly professional but it didn't have the 22 karat clarity that we've been spoiled with recently uh which is a shame but i'm not gonna slate the uh stand engineer i'm not because he did a really nice mix sometimes it's all down to what you've got it's all down to what you got as well as that natural skill some people have a natural ability with uh, sound, they do, it's like I know a couple of noise boys personally, one of which he's just a genius absolute genius and his sound is just superb and it's very rare that I actually hear something of that caliber that's how good he was and that's natural ability, you can't learn that you can learn the principles, you can uh, learn to mix to a degree but to turn it into an absolute crystal clear art form that is natural ability and that you cannot learn it's just how it is and yet again I'm digressing and yeah I've, I'm, unfortunately there was a little bit of feedback mid-song mid, mid-show it's a bit unfortunate but it happens from time to time and I'm not gonna lie it was there and I don't want to make this guy sound terrible because he wasn't a terrible sound engineer It's just unfortunately if the microphone gets taken in front of a certain hot spot on stage Which they get briefed about I may add don't walk in front of this bit here because it will feedback from your monitor Or uh, even part of the line array if you get in it within its field It just happens sometimes you get people standing in the wrong place or you get people who are feedback kings, which this sound engineer was definitely not a feedback king. It just there for half a second you heard and it's like, oh dear. But he combated it really well and very quickly and professionally. And it was gone before it was even noticed by most of the audience. But there was a little bit there, unfortunate, but it happens. Now, got to go back to the mobile phones. Throughout the entire performance, all you saw in the audience was mobile phone after mobile phone after mobile phone shining their torches, you could see nothing but screens. And now if I pay to see a show, especially a seated show, and I'm sat down or even standing, the last thing I want to see is the show through the phone directly in front of me. Because that is what's going to annoy the hell out of me. It's okay when you're when they're like, okay, yeah, get your torches on. and Let's have a nice old school swaying session with the torch in your mobile phone. But not every single song. I mean, come on, guys. Come on. I suppose it's a younger person thing. But this, to me, mobile phones uh, being used with flashes constantly, to me that's disrespectful to the people on stage as well as the person behind you or uh or crossing your pot crossing your line of vision from wherever they are in the arena or even any other auditorium in the entire world i just think it's just a pain in the ass and don't do it seriously don't do it you're just gonna get people like me really peed off now how did the audience like the show they loved it of course they loved it they loved it when uh, james arthur was addressing him directly he even sang happy birthday to do two different ladies in the audience right at the pit barrier because of course it's their birthday <laughs> they're gonna say it no matter what if he talks to them directly but he but nonetheless he's saying them happy birthday and he's like who else's birthday is it and near enough every girl in the arena held their hand up and he jokes around and is like no nope, not doing it uh, i've got songs to sing so he dug himself a hole, but he dug himself out of that hole i have to say um also a lot of these girls in the audience they were louder than the band at the loudest uh, when i it was sound uh, when i was monitoring the sounds and there at some points there were 10 decibel differences between the band and the audience and the audience were the uh, 10 decibels above the rest (laughs) oh dear (laughs) anyways but they loved it they were screaming they were singing along they were dancing in the aisles they were dancing on the chairs and luckily no one got eaten by a chair today although Someone did get taken out in an ambulance because they fell down the stairs because they had too much to drink. And covered a load of uh, people in claret in the process. And she had a nice dignified exit in the ambulance unconscious. Oh dear. But she enjoyed herself nonetheless before her accident. (laughs) And yeah in general everyone enjoyed the show everyone enjoyed the show that was there it's just a shame that the support in acts Sonia Stein just fell on deaf ears but then again there's lots of reasons behind it which I'm not going to go into yet again but for the various reasons that's why she fell down flat which is unfortunate and I'm sure I'm absolutely sure that she would have had better receptions at other venues because there was no rugby and the sky didn't open up and just Get everyone soaked, but that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please hit like, subscribe, and share. And if you haven't already done so, why not check out our other podcast, from Master X Major, that is a tribute to the men that hate their jobs, which is a nice little story podcast about a guy who lost his ideal job because of global pandemic. We have Gumshoe, which is. Uh, <laughs> About a real nasty piece of work, cheap skate, cheap to hire private detective, and he gets all the grotty jobs, the jobs that no one else wants, and he'll lie and cheat and connive and scheme his way well into getting get work. And then you have 30 years since, which is now about to start its story arc called The Bounty, which is A uh, nice little bit of time between Series 1 and Series 2, where it's basically a series-long flashback how the uh, character Chi-Chi acquired her spaceship called The Bounty. Until next time, guys. Bye for now.